All right, Ephesians chapter. It's very important we do this as a church, and I believe that there are covenant guys in this house who understand covenant and how the word of the Lord works. So I will not overemphasize that. Now, Ephesians chapter 1, 13 to 14. The Bible says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. So tonight, uh, for a few minutes, I'm going to be speaking again. I continue what I started last week. Uh, who is the Holy Spirit? Uh, shall we pray? Father, thank you for the entrance of your word. It gives light and understanding unto the simple. As simple folks, we've come tonight to learn at your feet. I make my tongue the pen of a ready writer and I write the word of life even upon the spirit of men. I declare after now, we all shall be better people. In Jesus' matchless name we have prayed. Amen. You can have your seat in God's presence. Hallelujah. Smile underneath your mask. But there's a way you know that the eyes of some people are following you. Don't get angry, don't get sad because I spoke about money. Praise God. All right, let's go into the word of the Lord. All right. I, I started last week by telling you why I had to preach on the Holy Spirit, not because I want you to fall down, not because I want you to go crazy or go mad. I, I, want, I, I was sharing on the Holy Spirit because I believe it's important for historical reason, personal reason, uh, and for a corporate reason, for corporate reason, all of us. Because I believe that to be successful in life, you will need a person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that's very key, that's very important. And we started by saying, who is the person of the Holy Spirit? I'm just doing a quick recap for those who are not here last week. Uh, the Holy Spirit, I said, is God. So it's not a function of whether the Holy Spirit is part of the God. The Holy Spirit himself is God. So I said, it's all right and it's okay for you to pray to him, for you to worship him. It takes reference. 2 Corinthians 3, 17, Revelation 20, 17. And I said, I spoke also about 1 Corinthians 13, 14 and Matthew 3, 16 to 17. And then number two, I said the Holy Spirit has a personality. That means he's a person. He is a person, a real person. Scripture describes the Holy Spirit in personal terms, not in impersonal force. And I said he teaches, he guides, he comforts, he intercedes. He has a mind of his own, his intelligence. First Corinthians 2, 10 to 11. And then we also said that the Holy Spirit is the God of this time. I said that, right? I said the Holy Spirit is the God of this time. Is the member of the Godhead who is in charge uh, even at this time. And I spoke to you about John 16 and verse 13. Jesus said, however, when the spirit of truth is come, when he's come. And I said that he's come because Acts chapter 2 is a reality. Acts chapter 2 is a reality. The Holy Spirit is come. Uh, and the Holy Spirit took over. At Pentecost, prophecy was fulfilled. Joel 2.28 was fulfilled. Acts 2.17, Peter made reference to that prophecy. And then number four, I said he dwells inside every believer. He dwells inside of you. So if you're a believer in this house, you can say he's inside of me. Praise the Lord. He dwells inside of all of us. Uh, a time was that God chose the ark. But this time around, you are God carriers. You are the ark of God. You are the temple of God. Whenever you enter a place, when people say, is God here? You can announce yourself and say, I am come. I am here. Because the I am is on the inside of you. And, for, and to buttress that, I gave us 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. John 14, 15 to 17, and then Romans 8, 9, and Romans 8, verse 11. Now, I spoke number 5. Did I stop in 5 or 6? 5. Okay, 5 was where I just said, stand up. Shall us go home? All right, so let's go to 5 again, and let's start here. All right, I said, 
it is not greater in one person than in another person. The Holy Spirit is the same. The Bible says the same Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 4, 12, 8, 12, 9. said the same Spirit. So it is not double spirit, it's the same spirit. So when people make reference to the Holy Spirit and they talk about him like it is like a measured drink, you take a glass of wine or a bottle of wine, and you know some folks come, sound spiritual, and say now they have more spirit than you because they prayed 40 hours in the spirit, and they make it look like that. But it's the same spirit, is a person. So when you have him, you have him. And, and I began to speak to us last week before I stopped. Luke chapter 4 and verse 1, Bible says, Now Jesus, full of the Spirit, was led into the wilderness by the Spirit so that he can't be tempted. I love the way the Amplified puts it. The Bible says, Now Jesus, full and in perfect communication with the Holy Spirit. So, it therefore suggests to you that being in the Spirit and being full of the Spirit is speaking of perfect communication, perfect koinonia, perfect relationship with the Spirit of God. Some people are not in perfect communication with him. Uh, and that's very true. Um, now, let me make an excellent study here. I, I want to make a study here. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Bible says, Jesus being full of the Spirit. The word full that was used there is the word pleres, which means to be full, to fill up a vessel, to cover up a vessel. That's what that word means, is the word pleres. Because, you see, people have a way of defining things and making it sound different where there was no difference in it. It will tell you it was only Jesus that was full of the Spirit. You cannot and all of that. Now, listen to this. Act chapter 4 and verse 1. Sorry, Act chapter 4, Act chapter 2 and verse 4. The Bible says, after the Holy Spirit had come, they were all full of the Spirit. The word used there is the word pleto. P-L-E-T-H-O. Which means to feel or to be fulfilled. To feel or to be fulfilled. So when the Bible says the, the, the disciples were full, it was saying they were filled up. They were overflowed, even with the Spirit. It means that what God says concerning the Spirit was fulfilled. That's what that word plateau means. And there is another word used when it talks about fill that was used in scriptures, the word used in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. The Bible, Paul was speaking. He said, do not be filled with wine in which is essence, but keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. So what he was using there is the word plero. P-L-E-R-O-O. Plero. And it makes to make full. To fill up. To cause to abound. To furnish. Or to supply liberally. It means to supply liberally. It means to fill up. So in these three scriptures, there is no confusion anywhere. Different Greek words were used, but in all of those three encounters, they were all full of the Spirit. Do you understand that? So, Jesus Christ was full of the Spirit. The apostles were full of the Spirit. And the disciples, Paul was urging them to be what? To also be full of the Spirit. So, what does it mean when we talk about this fullness? We are speaking of the dimension of a walk with the Spirit that you release your life to Him and is the one in total control of your life. That means your actions, your ways, your speech, everything is controlled by the Spirit. You live by the influence of the Holy Ghost. When a man lives by the influence of the Holy Spirit, he is said to be full of the Spirit. When a man prays in tongues for 60 hours, the man can feel good. It does not mean that he is led of the Spirit or is being influenced by the Spirit. People can finish praying and still go and sleep with somebody. Am I? Are there any people in church? 
So that you pray and you feel good or your spirit man is built up, which is good. Because we build up ourselves on our most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost, Jude 20. But you see, it's important we understand that it is not by prayer. When we talk about somebody being full of a spirit, we are saying that the spirit dictates your heart. The spirit leads you. The spirit, the dimensions and the works of the spirit is being expressed through you. So God find a vessel in which he can speak. Find a vessel in which he can act. God find a vessel in which he can move. So he directs you. Number six is one with our spirit. I think it's just ABC of Christian faith to understand that you are a spirit, you live in a body, and you have a soul. The Holy Spirit does not live in your body. He lives in the human spirit. So it's a spiritual dimension. It doesn't mean if we cut you through, we find a substance just like we find organs inside of you. But it's a spiritual dimension. And is one. Listen to this. How many of you have heard people say they are possessed? Somebody's possessed by demons before. You've heard it before. Okay. Do you know what it means to be possessed? Because when you tell some believers that it seems that you need deliverance, they start arguing with you. Do you know what it means to be possessed? Now, Luke 11, 24 to 26. Jesus told us of an operation of, of the spiritual world, how the spiritual operates. He says, when you send out devils from a place, he said, he said, the devil will leave, but the devil will come back and check back. He said, if the space we find empty, it's going to come back again. And he's going to go and bring more demons, more powerful than him, and the state of the man will be worse than the initial state. Why? It tells you a principle in the spiritual realm that there is no vacuum in the realm of the spirit. There is no vacuum. So if you are not full of God, you must be full of the devil. <laughs> so when people are not born again, they are possessed. It's natural. Because there is no vacuum in the realm of the spirit. You must understand that principle. Now, to possess means to have as belonging to one. If I tell you, ah, you are using an infinite phone, I can say you possess an infinite phone. That means it's belonging to you. Therefore, to possess means as belonging to one. Theologically, it means to have complete power over someone and to be manifested in their action and in their speech. To have complete power over someone and to be manifested in their action and in their speech. Therefore, when Peter spoke to Jesus and Jesus said to him, Get thee behind me, Satan. It was because Satan was manifested in his speech. Do you understand that? The will of the devil was manifested in his speech. Therefore, to be possessed of the devil is not the dimension I'm speaking on here. I'm saying that we need to get to a point and a place where we are possessed of the Spirit of God. That means he's in complete control of your actions and your speech. You don't have control anymore. That's what happened at Pentecost. At Pentecost, the Spirit came upon them and they began to speak. It wasn't in their language. He just began to express himself through them. And how can that be possible? It can only be possible when he is inside of you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. The Bible says, he who is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. Thankfully, Simon is going to get married very soon in a matter of days. You know, she will stand and then they will tell them, two of you have become one. And then she's going to look at herself and discover that she's still old. Praise God. She's still old. And that other guy is still old. 
So what happened there is the mystery of marriage. Two has become one. Therefore, also in the spiritual is also a mystery that your spirit and the spirit of God is no longer two, it is one. He who is joined. Because it is believed that when a couple becomes one, they make decisions together. They act together. They are under each other's influence. No sooner will she get married and she begins to speak like Charles. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That tells you that they have become one in action. The Holy Spirit should also find expressions in you. To be full of the Spirit means that your word conforms with the will of God, conforms with the mind of God, conforms with the word of God. You have become one with him. It is not a principle that uh, he will now come bodily. No, that's not what we are talking about here. It's an influence. Your speech, your action is of God. So you want to sleep, but God say pray. You are now saying in your head, I am tired, but I am tired. You know, I don't tell myself, but I'm tired. Because it's natural to say that. But the Spirit says it's time to do what? To pray. So you know what I do? I might be doing it and be sleeping. I know I will hit the rush. I will hit the rush. And when you continue like that, you get to a point, you just say, and then you keep going. You know why? I am telling myself I am being led of a spirit. The spirit can count on you when he needs someone to pray for someone. The Holy Spirit can count on you when he needs someone to preach to somebody. The Holy Spirit can count on you when he needs someone to stand in the gap, when he needs an integrity in a company, he can, stand, he can stand on you. He can depend on you. And that's what we are talking about here. God's utmost desire is to have complete power over us. That we be possessed. Have you done deliverance for people before? Praise God. You know, the deliverance word is a word that is so exciting. Praise the Lord. You see real power. Demonstration of power. You know, some of you say, Jesus has power. Then there's power mighty in that blood. You are just saying it. We, we have seen it. Do you understand? In the place of deliverance, you will see it. You just say the blood of Jesus and you see the person begin to manifest. It's nothing you did. As this is a woman who said, you know, some of these reporters are just, I, they should lock me and them up in a room for one hour and see whether they will not be rolling like snakes. That's power that is talking. That's power talking. That's not boasting. That's power. You see, that dimension you cannot get into it. And when, okay, what, what, what led me there? It's talking about possession. When people are possessed, after they come back to themselves, you will not ask them, hey, what happened to you? They will not be saying, I don't know. I just stand here and I met myself there on the floor. You know what happened? A spirit took them over, began to manifest in them, and when the spirit left them, they were fine again. That's what happens to be moved to be completely filled, to be in full measure of the spirit. That's what we call be possessed for, a, for an hour. You say, ah, this prayer has lasted five hours. I didn't know. Because it was not you anymore. Somebody slapped you and you are smiling. You are kidnapped and you are laughing. It doesn't make sense. But that's what happens when you are completely in tandem and in line with the spirit of God. It's a dimension we all need to get to. That's what the Spirit does. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. Number seven is the empowerment for every work. I think, I think we, we, we've spoken about this before. The Holy Spirit is our divine empowerment. He empowers us to do all that God demands of us. You can't do anything by yourself. It takes the Holy Spirit commissioning you for a work. It's not your gift. It's the power from heaven. 
Do you understand that? It's the power from heaven. Someone says, God has given me a vision. You cannot fulfill that vision without the Holy Spirit. Jesus could not do much until the Spirit came. In Luke chapter 4, when the Spirit came, a new dimension came upon him. You won't find a place where he was anointed with oil. Oil is good. It's fantastic. It's one of the symbols, like I told you. That, uh, uh, you remember I said there is no wind. It's not oil. It's not zobo. It's not all of those things. It's not, he's a person. But you see, the dimension of spirit came upon him. And then he began to manifest. I want to encourage you that whatever God has given you as a vision or a dream, before you go on to do it, ensure that you have an encounter that baptizes and anoints you by the spirit before you go for it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? See, Jesus, he first of all had that time, an encounter with God. You see, Paul, he was for two years in Arabia. When he came out, he was just flaming hot. You also need to be flaming hot before you do anything. And then, yeah, scripture. is the only access, number eight, to the throne room and to your spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit is the only access to the throne room and to your spirit. The Bible says in, four, in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13, the Bible says everything is open and naked with God with whom we all have to deal. So God knows all things. Therefore, your spirit has an access to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives on your inside. The Holy Spirit has access to the throne room where the decisions are made. Therefore, you have a CIA. You know, some people tell me, how do you know some things? I tell people some things and they say, how do you know some things? It's not my problem. It's not my fault. Is that I have access to the CIA of heaven. Whatever is discussed in heaven or is discussed in your house, because you have that spirit, he will come and tell me. You know Elisha? <laughs> they said, Elisha is your problem. He said, the king of Israel is your problem. Oh, you are Syrian king. He said, no, it's not, Eli it's not the king. It's Elisha. Even what you think of in your bedroom, that man knows. How does he know? He has a spirit that tells him. He has a God that reveals it to him. Therefore, the secret things, Bible says, belongs to God. But the one that is revealed belongs to us and to our children forever. The Bible says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It is the honor of kings to search it out. Are there kings in this house? Are there kings in this house? Somebody say, I don't know what my tomorrow holds. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. With him, you will search it out. Somebody say, I don't know who I will marry. That's the very basic question. It's very simple. Just search in your spirit. You will find it. I remember we say I just said that. He said he will just zoom in his spirit. What's he doing? He's searching in his spirit. Your antenna will just stop on someone. Praise the Lord. You will know this is the woman I've been waiting for. Your antenna will just stop. And sometimes your spirit is saying, and then you hear, you know that this one is jamming. Signal is jamming in this place. Signal is jamming. So you move on. What am I trying to say to you? I'm saying, for through him, we, we both have access. By one spirit to the Father. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 18. Through who? Through Jesus. We have access by the Holy Spirit to the Father. The word access there is the Greek, Greek word prosagoge, which means admission. It means the act of bringing into. It means a moving into. Therefore, by the Holy Spirit, we have come into a relationship with God. We have become acceptable to him. And we have assurance that he is favorably disposed to us. Someone say, I don't know whether God is pleased with me. I don't know whether God is angry with me. You will know in your spirit. You don't need your pastor to preach to know that. If you are doing wrong, you will know in your spirit. There is a seed that has been given. 
there is a guarantee there. When some people do whatever they like to do, when they need us to tell them, we know their work with the Spirit, uh, ocean need the improvement. They are still working on it. Because if, we are, if, if you are working with him, he will tell you. If what we say will just be a confirmation. You have a witness. Sometimes I tell people, I say, I want to say some things to you. If, you. if it does not ring in your spirit, let it go. But if it rings, this is the confirmation. You see, that, that's what it is about. And then number nine is our legal proof of adoption. The Holy Spirit is your legal proof of adoption. You know, this is that thing that some people turn around and start preaching some messages that give people license to sin. But we are not licentious believers. We are just folks who believe in what God has said. And we are trusting in God's word. And this is very much... <laughs> this is the energized church and we are founded upon the word of God. And we know what the word of the Lord says concerning us. Now, in the natural, when someone adopts a child, when you adopt a child in the natural, you are going to be given what is called a certificate of adoption. Am I right, sir? You're going to be given a certificate of adoption. Uh, uh, and that certificate proves, even 10 years from now, that that child is legally yours. Is it naturally yours? I cannot answer. But legally, under the law, that child is yours. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. Why? Because you have an adoption order or you have what is called an adoption certificate. Now, God did more than that for us. Because you see, parents are the ones that are given. The child is not given any adoption certificate. It's the father or the mother that received the adoption certificate. So the child is not given. But God did something more than that for you and I. What did he do? He did not only adopt us, he adopted us and he did not keep the certificate order. The order of ad adoption, the certificate of adoption, he didn't keep it with himself, which he naturally should have done. You know what he did? He released that adoption to you. He released his certificate to you. So everywhere you appear, you have that certificate of adoption. Someone say, am I a child of God? Yes, you are. I said, they should, you, say you should prove it. Don't say, I go to this church. Don't be that crazy. Don't say, I, I, I am a worker in my church. Don't say that. Just look at the person I bought to eyeball and tell him, because I have the certificate of adoption. And the person says, what do you mean? And then you see that's an opportunity to preach the message of Christ. What do you mean? You say, okay, let me now tell you. You see, in the beginning, I, so you begin to teach them. You see that? You don't argue with them. How are you sure? I have the certificate. And who is the certificate? The Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, 13 to 14. The Bible says he has given us a grant, a guarantee. Who is the down payment? So God is saying there is an heaven. And I've gone to prepare an heaven for you. But how are you sure the heaven is for me? You know, I can build a house. And I say the house is yours. Say, hey, they have given me a house. Prove that the house is yours. You say he told me. I can decide it tomorrow that I've changed my mind. That's the house I want to live in now. Except that you'll build another one. That's why I'll move there. But for now, I'm not giving you again. You see, you can say, ah, what does that man mean? God did not only prepare a place. God gave us a proof that that place is for us. Whenever and however the devil tried to bamboozle you and say it's not for you, remind him that you have God on your inside. That is the proof that there is an heaven for you. Am I going to make heaven? Absolutely. I've never doubted this since I gave my life to Christ. Absolutely. Are those mansions for me? Of course. Are there crowns for me? Yes. How many? I don't know. But I know there are crowns. Why? There is that proof inside of me. You see, the Holy Spirit is much more than we think he is. He is that certificate of adoption. He is the legal proof of our sonship. 
Romans chapter 8, 14 to 15. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are sons of God. And the Bible now says, the Spirit bears witness with your spirit. It's not bearing it with your mind. It's not a mental game here. Do you understand? It's bearing it with your spirit that you are what? Son of God. <laughs> Do we have sons in this house? Do you have sons in this house? Someone say, you don't know who you want to marry. Ah. <laughs> I am a deity myself. I bought no way because there is God here. Somebody say, I'm afraid of devils. Are you okay? I don't understand why you run away from deliverance. Run away from everything. You see, as young people, what do you even have to lose? The first thing I say, I should come and do deliverance. I asked myself, well, I was not married. I, I had a father who had five children. So if I die, you should not cry much. Do you understand? I said to myself, I have nothing to lose. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm still living. That tells you that God's power is above. I know whom I have believed. I know the spirit on the inside. You see, that spirit is enough. Enough for you to win. Enough. When I get home, they know I've come. Well, even if they say we should go now to village, Atishetan. Listen, the Bible says in Revelations, it said, Revelations chapter 12 and verse 11, they said, they overcame me by the blood of a lamp and the word of their testimony. The people said they do not count their life even unto death. Dead men don't, are not afraid of death. These are dead men walking. We are spirit beings. We are of the spirit. We are of the Holy Ghost. We are not afraid of what men say. We are dead already. You are late. Galatians told us, Paul says, we have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. Yet not we, for Christ lives in us. The life we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God. You need to have an understanding. You see, the reason the devil is treating you the way is because you are too afraid of death. Somebody said, I had a dream. I died in my dream. I said, people who die, who dream, don't, who die, don't dream. They just die. You are a righteous person. Tell yourself, I'm a righteous person. I'm a good person. God is in me. God is in me. Keep saying it. God is in me. Keep saying it. God is in me. Look at somebody fiercely. Fiercely. You see some go worshippers, they look fiercely like they carry fire. Look at somebody with fire and say, God is in me. I like the way Miss Allen God is in me. Bearer, God is in me. Some of you are so afraid. You have the Holy Spirit, you are afraid. What is wrong with you? He say, hey, please bring him. He's, he's rolling something. What's he rolling? He's rolling something. You are something. Many years ago, I read Baba's message. I, I listened to one of Baba's message. He said somebody was just there. The guy was doing uh, awful. As he was saying, he looked at him. He said, Marco Teba, Yakataba, Ruthel, yeah. He said he was spitting on the guy. So do we know it's not the days of COVID so that you will understand it? If it was you, you would be running around. Oh, for me. What kind of nonsense is that? No definition against Israel. No enchantment against Jacob. We are the Israel of God. Someone said you will not enter school. You are here crying. And he's living. He said, over, over my dead body. Let me say this to you. Let the new generation of people in this ministry, let not, let, let not be people who are lily livered, who are afraid of death. 
Dead men are not afraid of death. That's why when you abuse a dead man, he's still dead. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what? We can't die. Ikuke. When you hear that I am gone 70 years from now, know that I went to my father's house. Let's go. The Holy Spirit, let me give you this last one. The Holy Spirit delights in fellowship. It delights in koinonia. That's why I'm totally, I'm not talking to you about common sense. I'm not telling you what I've not worked in. There are dimensions we have worked in. If we tell you, you think we are lying. Because you are working in sense. I tell people it's better I am your friend. If I'm your enemy, you are finished. I mean crucified with Christ, nevertheless you live. Finish. Telu tetelestai. I don't have to pray. You know why? You are fighting me. And when you are fighting me, you are fighting us. The totality of the Godhead. The Trinity himself. We are here. Fellowship. You must learn to talk back, to talk to the Holy Spirit. And you have to start with the mundane things in life. Holy Spirit, I need a taxi. You have stayed in Holy Spirit, I need a bike. Holy Spirit, I need a Uber now. When the sun is eating you, Holy Spirit, I need a taxi. Start from there and then go to Holy Spirit, I need a wife. Holy Spirit, I need a husband. Holy Spirit, I don't know what you are doing right now, but this hunger is much. Holy Spirit, I need a job. And you need to keep saying it and he will talk back to you. Sometimes he will tell you to do something. He will say, call this number. He will tell you, he will bring a picture to your face. Because you are communing with him. But some of us here, when he says things like that, he says, you know, my mind told me. My mind just, I just, I just, my mind just told me. You are accruing to the spirit, that which is, to the flesh, that which is of the spirit. That's why he's not glorified. I was talking to someone saying, I just knew I should not be there. I felt like saying, your father. What did you know? What did you know? You didn't know anything. It was the spirit in your spirit. The reason there seems to be no difference was because you have become one with him. Somebody say it's like two of us were having a conversation inside of me. But I have learned to trust the second person. And the trust comes by practicing. It comes by experience. It comes by trusting and keep trusting and keep trusting and keep following. Sometimes you will get it wrong, but so be it. When you started working, you fell. There's nobody who did not fall. Even those who have straight legs, including those who have bow, they fell. Falling is part of the learning process. So when you told us that that was your wife and that guy said no, we know it was your falling process. No need to kill yourself. Say, I can't hear God again. It's a lie. You fell. So the day begin to go. Believers don't just face truth. We need to face this truth. The Holy Spirit is he. Learn to talk to him. As you are going home, you are not alone. You know, Jemima will come, I'm not alone. And they will keep singing. After that time, they will say, they are bored. How can you be bored? How can you say you are bored? You are depressed. There's nobody for here. There is a God on your inside. The resources of God is there. He is the head of all knowledge. Oh, Jesus. You see, when you access God 
I said he is the access to the treasure house. It means there is nothing you cannot know. Sometimes you will not know how you know, but you know. I called a lady many years ago. I said you are at 2.35 p.m. You are in this guy's house. He said, I said, ah. That's where you are. I saw it. I was there and I saw it. I saw it. Because I could not confess guy, but I saw it. One girl told me, I said, you are lying. He said, she's not lying. I said, you are lying. After five years, she has come back to tell me she was lying. Uh -uh. I knew, I knew, I knew my spirit that you are lying. I could not prove it because we can't prove it, but we know. Recently, I called a lady and she was lying to me. <laughs> oh, God. I said, Father, where is the God of Peter? Where is the God of Eli, the, the, the Eli's son, the, the, the sons, the very first sons of Aaron? Where is the, that God? Just fall down here. And I, and I call people. I say, MGMA, Paka. <laughs> but the love of God constrains us. The love of God constrains us. Listen to this. I'm sharing this with you so that you can know that it's not a pastoral thing. It's a dimension that is possible for every believer. Stop talking to Instagram. Stop talking to Twitter. That's why you don't have money. Your data has made you broke. You finish 1,000 naira, one gig in two days. You are broke. Broke like a chalk. There is a spirit yet that you can speak to free of charge. There is a dimension you can get to that you don't need data. There is, I, I, I was telling him about one, he called, I think that was two months ago. I said, I, I didn't pick because I was praying. He laughed. <laughs> Easy man, stop prayer. <laughs> we are praying every time. <laughs> every time. I just pray. I just pray. We don't sit time. We pray. I go stop. That's a dimension. That's a dimension. Mr. Abemi, Tombabe, they retreat. Why? You can't reach him. Like me too. You won't reach us. Prayer. He said, we don't stop. I can't pray. I was asking myself, ah, no, Shanu. This will just be challenging us. He will die. But it's talking about a koinonia, a communication. Pray without ceasing. Here you are. We say, come two o'clock. You are still, you are still fainting. May the Lord forgive you. How many of us here, under the sound of my voice, Jesus is here, and you know I cannot talk about the dimension of God that is present. I've spoken. <laughs> and that looks like a threat without gun. <laughs> How many of you here have spoken to the Holy Spirit one word in the last one week? Raise your hand. It's not time to be humble. Listen, there is more in God. Look at your neighbor and say, there is more in God. There is more in God. There is more in God. Some of you have overstayed your location. Some of you have, have settled for less. I prayed for someone yesterday. He just told me, say, let her settle for less. Say, that's what she's doing. You can ask me to prove it. I cannot. But I know it more than I know that my name is Sire Adeni. Want it bewani? That's the end. I don't I can, If I tell you I'm coming and I don't come again, you can die. It's not my problem. They have stopped me. Is the commander you must obey? Oh, maybe I should preach that next week. 
the commander you must obey. <laughs> Rise up on your feet. The only person that I know that will miss this one is the person who will be on our name on that day. But she can still join us online. I, don't you feel like getting married? Are there people here who don't feel like getting married? <laughs> I know people who, if I give them 10 million now, they will marry tomorrow. Don't let me name them so that they will continue to come to church. Bow down your head, bow down your heart. We're done with this service. And we're absolutely done. But before then, I want you to just talk to God one minute. Just talk to the Holy Spirit. Make a covenant with Him. Make a covenant with Him that you will follow Him. That you will follow Him. That you will speak to Him. Nobody has ever become great in this kingdom who did not listen to God. Nobody. Nobody. A lowly life is a life lived outside of the spirit. God, one means there's some people that you got it wrong once, twice, and you believe he's not the one speaking. He's the one. You just got it wrong. Go back to your place of koinonia. Go back to fellowship. Stop beating a dead horse. It will not work. It will not work. It will not work. Father, we thank you. Is there anyone here? Close your eyes, everybody. Is there anyone here? Who, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, you're just looking at us and smiling. But you never cannot assess, you can never assess him without a walk with him. If you're under the sound of my voice, you have never given your life to Jesus. Never given your life to Jesus Christ. Or you have given your life to Jesus, but you know that you are not born again. You just know that that was a mental agreement. You've never given your life to Christ. You know if Jesus comes today, you will not make heaven. You know. You know. You don't have that conviction, that persuasion. You know. You don't need to lie to yourself. You know. I want you to do me a favor. Put your hand on your chest. Let today be the day where, where your things turn around for you. Put your hand on your chest. You're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to him. I want to live for him and him alone. Put your hand on your chest. Is there anybody here? Anybody in this auditorium? Anybody here? Anybody? Anybody? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the entrance of your word. It gives light and understanding unto the simple. Thank you, O oh God, for what we have learned and what we have heard. I declare, O oh God, that we go on even in the reality of your word. I will live according to your plan for our lives. Thank you, Father, because we become practitioners of your word. We are doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen.